Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 145. Today we're going to be continuing our Cobra Corner with a review of the 1992 film Bram Stoker's Dracula, followed by a review of the new Creed film, or the newest Creed film, I guess. Who knows if there's going to be more, of Creed 3 that just came out uh, last week. So without further ado, let's get into our Coppola Corner. So when I was uh, approached to do it, I think what fascinated me was the idea that I could make the classic Dracula based on the book much more scrupulously, which I tried to do, as well as make it with a young cast of what were then emerging stars in America, and then also give it a little aspect of the historical background of uh, of Vlad Tepish, uh, which I knew about uh, from reading history, and 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 come up with a version of Dracula that was kind of my own take on on this great story. And if this is your first time joining us today, we do just want to do a friendly reminder that we will be spoiling the movie from the get go if we do talk about anything. We try not to spoil it too much, obviously, but this movie's also been out for I want to say thirty years at this point, almost yeah, or close to so. Unless you're very young, you know, sorry. But uh, we just kind of like to discuss these directly. But these, this is a special segment we've been doing for over a year at this point. Uh, following, basically, going over all of Francis Ford Coppola, the director's films from Dementia 13 all the way to his newest film, Megapolis, when it does release sometime in the near future from the sound of it. I think they just wrapped up filming this week, so I'm dating the podcast by saying that. Yeah, I'm going to say it. We are the Go Francis Ford Coppola podcast. We got to say it every time. No, and I, and I I don't expect any less from you, sir. Just to let you know. So <laughs> uh, the last film that we did was Godfather 3, actually. Dedicated a entire episode Coda. of that. Thanks for all 20 of you for listening to that one. Just to let you know, it did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> Still not that good of a film to others. Had a feeling. Had a feeling. I was like, you know what? This is more for us. But thank you for uh, now. There's more than twenty. Just let you know. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> that a bit too low, but it's twenty five. No, it's twenty five. Since then, though, like like we like to give you guys, we give you some facts between the two. Although the Coda version was a better version overall, like we talked about last time, the film itself did kind of put Coppola back on the map from the look of it here because he started getting to do bigger budget or films kind of like he used to be able to especially after the disastrous kind of i guess now that we can say it that we reviewed it the 80s were not too kind to francis ford no. on the look of it so um and, and, i mean it's become kind of like, like a running joke that he's lost i think he lost money on every movie except one movie during the 80s right so yeah barely made a profit but he made one yeah i wonder if one God, i wonder if and like nowadays would somebody like that even get a chance again to make another movie like after you're like, hey, I made eight movies in a row that bombed. Probably not. So, no, no. It's my thought process on it. But uh, jumping in here. So when Nona Ryder initially brought the script of Dracula, written by James B. Hart to the attention of Coppola, the two had agreed to meet uh, so they could clear the air. Because as we talked about for The Godfather Part 3, there was uh, production delays at the end of that film uh, because uh, Winona Ryder dropped out because of extreme exhaustion, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, she thought Coppola didn't like her. But according to Ryder, I never really thought he would read it. He was so consumed with Godfather Part 3. As I was leaving, I said, if you have a chance, read the script. 
He glanced down at it politely, but when he saw the word Dracula, his eyes lit up. It was one of his favorite stories from camp. Coppola was attracted to the central element of the screenplay and said that he wanted portions of the picture to resemble an erotic dream. In the months leading up to its release, Hollywood insiders who had seen the movie felt Coppola's film was too odd, violent, and strange to succeed at the box office, and dubbed it Bonfire of the Vampires for the notorious 1990 box office bomb, The Bonfire of the Vanities. Due to delays and cost overruns in some of Coppola's previous projects, such as Apocalypse Now and One from the Heart, Coppola was determined to bring the film in on time and on budget. To accomplish this, he filmed on sound stages to avoid potential troubles caused by inclement weather. Coppola chose to invest a significant amount of the budget in costumes in order to showcase the actors whom he considered the jewels of the feature. He had an artist storyboard the entire film in advance to carefully illustrate each planned shot, a process which created around a thousand images. He turned the drawings into a choppy animated film and added music, then spliced in scenes from the French version of Beauty and the Beast that Jean Cocteau directed in 1946, along with paintings by Gustave Klimt and other symbolist artists. He showed the animated film to his designers to give them an idea of the mood and theme he was aiming for. That would have been wild, right? They were like, the fuck is this, man? <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, cool, bro. They're like, fuck. Coppola also asked a set costume designer to simply bring him designs which were quote-unquote weird. Weird became a code word for let's not do formula, he later recalled. Give me something that either comes from the research or that comes from your own nightmares. I gave them paintings and I gave them drawings and I talked to them about how I thought the imagery could work. Winona Ryder found the intensity of Oldman's acting style too much at times. The two fell out early in the filming process and had difficulty working together from then on. Coppola stated, and I quote, They got along, and then one day they didn't. Absolutely didn't get along. None of us were privy to what had happened, end quote. Ryder has referred to the, quote, trauma, unquote, of the experience and said that she felt there was a danger while working with Oldman. However, she has also referred to her friction with Oldman as teen drama, stating, quote, he, Gary Oldman, was going through a divorce, and I think I can say this because he's pretty open about it, but he's been sober for a long time now, and he's raised three kids, and he's a dream. He's a good friend of mine now, end quote. Christian Slater was offered the role of Jonathan Harker, but he turned it down, a decision he later regretted. As for casting Keanu Reeves in the role, Coppola said of his casting choice, we tried to get some kind of matinee idol for the part of Jonathan because it isn't such a great part. If we all were to go to the airport, Keanu is the one that the girls would just besiege. Coppola has stated that Reeves worked harder on his accent than most people realized. He tried so hard. That was the problem, actually. He wanted to do it perfectly, and in trying to do it perfectly, it came off as stilted. I tried to get him to relax with it and not do it so fastidiously. So maybe I wasn't as critical of him, but that's because I really like him personally so much. To this day, he's a prince in my eyes. That's so sweet. That is nice. I mean, you could tell. Like, Keanu is... Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. His accent's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean... If you're going to have a blockbuster in the early 90s, who better to have than Keanu Reeves, right? So yeah. True. That's what the true. studio wanted. fire at that point. Yep. Coppola was insistent that he did not want to use any kind of contemporary special effects techniques such as computer-generated imagery when making the movie. Instead, wishing to use antiquated effects techniques from the early history of cinema, which he felt would be more appropriate given that the film's period setting 
coincides with the origin of film. He initially hired a standard visual effects team, but when they told him that the things he wanted to achieve were impossible without using modern digital technology, Coppola disagreed and fired them, replacing them with his son, Roman Coppola. As a result, all the visual effects seen in the film were achieved without the use of optical or computer-generated effects, but were created using on-set and in-camera methods. The movie became a big box office hit, grossing eighty over $82 million domestically, making it the 15th highest grossing film of the year. It fared even better out of the country, grossing over $133 million for a total worldwide gross of $215 million, almost 216 against a budget of $40 million, making it the ninth highest growing, grossing film of the year worldwide. The film won an Academy Award for costume design, makeup, and sound editing. Well, guys... Well, I mean, just saying that, I mean, he's back, baby. He's making money two in a row. <laughs> he's here. Uh, no. He's money go. at this point. I don't know if he's did. He did two movies that made money two in a row. Just to let you know. So not for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's back, baby. So with that being said, let's get into our review of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Count Dracula. Welcome to my home. Expecting you. So, Bram Stoker's Dracula, sitting currently on Rotten Tomatoes at a 77%. And the story goes, the centuries-old vampire Count Dracula comes to England to seduce his barrister, Jonathan Harker's fiance Mina Murray, and inflict havoc in the foreign land. Uh, it's directed, of course, by the great Francis Ford Coppola, because we're doing our Coppola Corner, we're going through all his phenomenography. If you skip the intro, then... Well, we're going to explain it again. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Say just want to make what? sure you know. We're dedicated to our craft. It was written by James V. Hart, who did Hook in 1991 and Muppet Treasure Island in 1996. Contact in 1997. Based on the novel by Bram Stoker, it was released November 13th, 1992. And yes, I was alive at that time. So the budget for this one is actually, 40. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we, so we have finally time. reached an era where we're all bored. Yeah. During a Francis yeah. Ford Coppola movie. It's been a few so of them, a while. but yeah. Okay. You could say, yeah. I was alive the entire time, but you know, we all know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. We saw this in the theaters too. We get it. <laughs> so again, the budget for this one's $40 million. Its box office gross, as the bill stated before, was 215, almost 216 million dollars. Once again, it stars Gary Oldman as the titular Count Dracula, Winona Ryder as Mina Harker, Anthony Hopkins as Professor Abraham Van Helsing, Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker, Richard E. Grant as Dr. Jack Seward, Carrie Elhuis as Lord Arthur Holmwood, Billy Campbell as Quincy P. Morris. Sadie Frost as Lucy Westerna, 
The great Tom Waits as R.M. Renfield. Monica Bellucci as Dracula's Bride in an early role. And if you don't know Monica Bellucci, she was in The Matrix, actually. Just wanted to throw yeah, Reloaded there. in Revolutions. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, she was the Merovingian's wife. Anyway, uh, we usually go into these by asking each other, you know, what our history is with the movie and if we've seen it before. So that's kind of how we're going to start off this one. Going to go start off with BDJ here, RMC. <laughs> James, uh, have you seen this movie and uh, what's your history with this movie? Yeah, this movie, actually, this is probably the one. This is probably the couple of film I've seen the most out of any of them now that I've been thinking about it. Like mm. uh, as a kid, this movie really like scared the shit out of me. Like mm-hmm. big time. I remember the scenes with, for instance, like um, Lucy coming back alive at one point and um, just seeing the the vampire or the, the fucking bats and shit at one point when Van Helsing's like holding him off with the flames too and shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I've seen it a lot of times. Sorry. Yeah. I, I never saw it in theaters, obviously, because uh, this came out two days after my birthday, obviously. And when I turned four, I don't think I was like, <laughs> let's see Dracula. So, um, <laughs> oh man, for the most part, though, I've seen it. I mean, I remember us like like it was a big this. I remember this movie being like a big deal, like when it came out. Um, I remember yeah. the, even the movie poster. I think they had it up at Hollywood Video the whole time. Like the one that just was like a statue of a like a vampire bat or some shit. And it was blood coming out. of it. I don't remember, but that's, that's one of the posters. A, that's I remember. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was like I remember like a lot of people, even when I was a kid, were talking about how scary it was and. It would have, you know, like it was, I mean, that's obviously why this made so much money. Like I remember this movie, obviously. So people went out and saw right. it. So, um, I, I obviously saw it at a later date too, as you know, older and finally understood the whole premise of it. And, uh, I've seen the armor too, and it's at the, the Coppola winery. So if you go on the Wikipedia page for this one, you can that's see right. it on there. And I've, I've actually seen the armor in person. It's really fucking cool. Just to let you know. So. I've actually been arrested for trying to steal it because, you know, would match my cape. It fits me perfect. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I read that too, that it's uh, displayed at Coppola Winery. So. Yeah, really cool. It's right, across care to... from, uh, it's right across from his Tucker car. It's literally right there. It's like nice. boom, boom. That's oh, cool. Sure. Yep. You all care to see some movie, some movie history. There you go. Good stuff, man. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What's your history with the movie? Have you seen it before this watch? Well, my history isn't as prolific as James's, that's for sure. I, I've i seen it a few times, on the, but I've seen the made-for-TV cut. So I saw it on like TNG, oh, I think it was, oh, many times. Yeah. I've never seen it um, in its entirety, the, the full rated R version. So Dude. this was uh, the first experience for me in this case. But I I've had seen the no movie. no idea what? Yeah, yeah. What? I never rented it, never saw it on HBO or anything. It was always just I'd watch the, the replays on TNT. So I've seen it through and through many times. But yeah, yeah. it's never like this. So um, it's, it's definitely some things were edited out for TV for sure. Um, which, but in, I think that, you yeah. know, this the seeing it in its entirety is much Obviously, the way you know you can see some films yeah, on TV no. and be like, I get the gist of it, but watching it the way you know it's supposed to be watched in this case, like you want to see the rated R version and, and really kind of yeah. get into everything that this film's about because they they yeah. omitted so many 
of the things that made the film, you know, a really good horror movie. So, yeah. 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 A lot of our, that is a rated R Dracula film. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time that I've seen it uh, uh, in full. Right on, man. Uh, Nabil also sent me a text. He actually saw the dubbed version of this one, too. And I'm like, Nabil, it's only in English. What are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently it was all in Romanian, so I needed to, you know, get the English version of that. Like, he's like, did you guys watch Dracula? <laughs> oh man, uh, my my history with this movie is pretty similar to James's. I, I remember this movie being a big deal, also because uh, it, it's the it was, yeah, yeah. For for once, it was it's supposed to be the the closest quote unquote version to Bram Stoker's novel. And the first time anyone, I guess, had attempted to make it look as similar to the book as 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 possible, and the fucking all star cast, man, uh, I forgot how many great actors were in this movie. There's there's a lot, and um, it's it's just incredible that you know all he was able to get all these people together to to do this movie. So um, I remember seeing the trailers for this movie. It had TV spots, there were posters. I, I went to go see it at the old. Cinema Six, which was you know the old theater here in Fairfield before we got in Edwards, nice. and I saw this movie for free because um, my cousin was one of the assistant managers there and let my family in for free. <laughs> so we saw almost all the '90s blockbusters for free, and this was one of them. And uh, yeah, I uh, I of course when it came out, I was uh, already you know I was like nine years old. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aging myself. Put a here. one in front oh. of me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was nine years old nice. uh, on the eve of turning 10. So um went to go see this with uh with family and man, this this movie was uh yeah, it was fucking epic then. I mean it 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 didn't make much sense to me at first, but like the imagery it, yeah. it shows that Coppola really did put a lot of time into the imagery and the visuals because those are what like you know, really got to me. Everything looked so freaking cool and looked so real. And it shows because he didn't use any uh, computer graphics. It's all practical effects. And yeah, it's, yeah, you know, some of them may have not aged as well. But um, yeah, I, I would. This is the one that I've seen most, aside from the Godfather series from Francis Ford Coppola. I remember renting it too when it came out for rental. Um, I think I owned yeah. a VHS copy at one point. So, um, I don't think that's funny. Yeah, I don't think we ever owned this. It's one of those movies that we rented so many times. Like, why don't we just fucking buy this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a couple movies like that. I remember, I'm like, why don't we just buy it by now? Like, god damn, we've rented it three times, <laughs> right? It was just so memorable. <laughs> and then I know that the Simpsons did a spoof on it as well, where Mr. Burns plays Dracula, and I think that yeah, embedded the movie even more into my head. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my history with the movie. So, um, now that we've gone all over that, let's uh, let's talk about what we thought about the movie in a few sentences. Um, Nabil, what what did you think about this movie? I enjoyed it. I, I honestly, um, it was weird at first watching the transition from you know Dr- uh, Dracula's origins per se to uh, to you know Ivan the the terrible two where he is in the quote unquote modern day setting that he was in. Um, some of the I let me just put it like this: watching it in this way for the first time, 
was very apparent to see like the stylistic choices that Coppola put in this movie. And I, it was weird for me at first, but about like halfway into it, I was like, okay, I kind of, now I'm getting what he's trying to do. Like, and even like James, you, we kind of explained it at the beginning, like what his idea of the visual effects were and those transition shots and everything. Like it all started to click for me. It was like, Oh, he's like going for the time period. And that I think actually did help enhance the movie and help with that. So I enjoyed seeing those uh the 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 different the different techniques he was using in the film the filmmaking itself as far as the story is concerned i i i think it's a really spot on and tra- uh, translation from the book into screen and i i like what he did over there and some of the characters mm-hmm. or the actors mm-hmm. specifically anthony hopkins was having a great time which i could just see that oh, and yeah, i thought it was go. really fun yeah you can see that he's like enjoying himself and i the, <laughs> the the film to me like changed as soon as he was on screen like everything just was much different but like the first half with keanu and gary oldman gary oldman was really the standout in that in those scenes just keanu was not that he was bad he's just like we've talked about it we'll talk more about <laughs> his accent but he just was mu- he was much more stilted as a character not Whoa. just as an actor but his character was just much more stilted <laughs> but um Dracula, but i enjoyed, I, I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what he was telling. He was just, "Now you're done. Now you own it." I'm like, "Uh, did, did okay. he look like Nabil? Um, did he look like he was trying to refrain from saying dude after every line?" Or whoa, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. whoa. yeah. But I mean, I think overall it was blood. it was very enjoyable. Enough, not too much with the you know, just enough of the blood and overly gory in some parts, which was but in a fun way to to be honest like for what it for what the type of horror film it is like there was a lot of uh, great effects here so nice yeah what about you james uh, what did you think about this movie yeah no this was this is great i i really i've always enjoyed this film and this was a nice little refresher uh i've seen this one even more recently probably like three four years ago i think tell you the truth so mm. One of the ones that's still really fresh in my mind, and um, I gotta agree, it's the it's really that all star cast too. There's so many good like moments in this film. Uh, Van Helsing, easily my favorite character in this one, and I, it's funny as a kid, I don't even think I knew that was Anthony Hopkins. Because always yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is a uh, fucking Hannibal Lecter, you know. I'm like, that's the same guy, you know. Yeah. As a kid, it's hard to tell when someone has like a wig on or whatever. I'm like, that's not that can't be him. What are you talking about? So, um. Yeah, it's just good, man. There's like a lot of shit going on in this movie. It's very, it's very adult. I'd say that much. There's like mm-hmm. Marco said. There's no way it's a kid. I understood this. There's no way. Yeah, like, there's so much shit going yeah. on. I was like, oh man, this is actually a little more complex than I thought. Like, okay, I, like I remember the scary parts and shit because visually it's 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 shot well, and yeah. and I think because they chose not to use a lot of anything with CGI, it actually has kept it like fairly like. Yeah, some parts are dated, up. but for the most part, it still looks really good because of that. Because they chose not to add some shit Absolutely. that would date the film. So, um, yeah, I had a blast watching this. This was really fun. This is an easy watch. Um, I kind of wish Coppola did more horror, to tell you the truth. I don't think he's... Uh, up to this point, has he done any horror? I mean, I guess Dementia 13 was a horror Just film. Dementia 13, then, I think. Yeah, but, but that I, was, I think, the last time. That's like his first horror movie he, like, that he, he just shot because they were yeah. like, go for it. He really wanted to romanticize the story of Dracula and make it yeah. like tragic, not just horror, but tragic as well. Like you're yeah. afraid, but you I also like sort of feel sympathy for the character. I could see that. So, uh, yeah, no, good stuff, dude. Uh, I, I would. I, this movie's iconic, man. It's so fucking iconic. I, 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 I think it's still great. It holds up, man. 
so well. Uh, you know, aside from some of the practical effects looking, you know, that like they didn't age too well, but the the story, the um the art direction he chose, everything is just like iconic in this. Like the the scene where where Dracula turns into his like vampire form and like blows the you know the mm-hmm. the, the flame onto the cross and shit. Um like he, j- just Gary Old Oldman's look as Dracula. Like everyone Dude, that or at least scene almost is the scene I'm can... telling you about that scared the shit out of me as a kid. By the way, just let you know. <laughs> yeah, Wait, what when he shows up? That's the scene as Dracula. Yeah, when he yeah. shows up as a dude, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. I was like, "What? No, oh, yeah, fuck dude, is he that? he's yeah. freakishly looking, and it's just so iconic. He 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 did a, like a modern definition of Dracula. Like everyone imagines, you know, like a guy wearing a black cape and with the widow's peak and stuff, hair slicked back and. He did a much hey, different, out, more fuck out. <laughs> more grounded, <laughs> you know, version of of Dracula, and it, it's it stood out. It this movie helped mm-hmm. to modernize the the modern vampire movie. Though I feel like the Lost Boys probably helped with that too. But still, like this movie really like ingrained it on everyone's mind of what a vampire movie could be. The the violence I forgot like just how like gruesome and violent some of these scenes are like i remember them but then like seeing them again because i hadn't seen this movie probably in like 10 to 15 years man it's been a while since i've seen this oh, movie wow. yeah, but like watching you know everything like happen like how much blood and gore they have and it's like holy shit like he went full into this and um i i liked it i like that francis ford Coppola like didn't hold back it's it's uh it's a nice blend of this like horrific tragic story of this character you know, that, you know, lost the love of his life and has been, you know, walking the earth like in search of her again. So I think the performances were good. I mean, Keanu Reeves, yeah, his accent, you know, we'll talk about it later. But um, I, I first I, I looked past it. He's a charming motherfucker. OK, and uh, he, he's he's John Wick. OK, sir. Yeah. He's John Wick. Anyway, Truthfully, like truth be told, like he's not in the movie that much. As opposed to the other no, characters. I thought he was in way more. And then I watching it this too, time, I was like, oh, yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. He's, like, gone for, like, most of the goddamn movie, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, well let, going into that, let's let's uh, let's uh talk about the the characters. Uh, James, what what were your thoughts on Gary Oldman's Dracula? I know you touched on it a little bit with him freaking you out. Yeah, no. You know, with his liked, first appearance. Um, I, I love that first appearance, actually, where he is... Um, it's just weird when he meets uh, Jonathan, right? And he's just doing shit in the background. And like, um, I right? like how you see his shadow moving around without him. And it's just like, what yeah, the that's hell? a good fuck? effect. This is, is creepy as fuck, man. And uh, yeah. there's even a scene. I didn't realize the scene where he's like shaving Jonathan. Like uh, there's a practical effect. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but the, the whole room is moving in like yeah. slowly to make it feel like it's like getting really claustrophobic. And I never realized, I realized that until like this last watch. I was like, and oh, fun shit, fact, according to IMDb, oh. um, Gary Oldman was drunk as fuck during that scene. Was he? That makes okay. That's yeah, that, that sounds about <laughs> he, right. He was uh, having some problems at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, I heard about his zucchini thing he did, and that's what it was probably yeah. a joke with Winona Ryder. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh God, she's dude. like, "Fuck this Apparently guy." That's what pissed off Winona Ryder, man. Yeah, I mean they're cool they now, meeting. which is fine because she was really young when she shot this. I think, right? 
Yeah. She was 20, they, I think, or something. They weren't getting the uh, the reaction from her that they wanted, and so he did something extremely yeah. and fucking I'm definitely, inappropriate. Oh, uh, yeah. No, so, I mean, I understand. I, yeah. I get it. And nowadays, it would not slide either, but... But yeah, character-wise, though, like, my favorite, hands down, is Van Helsing. Anthony Hopkins just brings a... Like like Nabil said earlier, he's just having a lot of fun in this movie, and you can tell, and he's... Yeah. God, it's something about Anthony Hopkins. His his just uh, charisma on screen is just it's it's just fantastic. Yeah. So even playing crazy like Van Helsing was crazy in this film. Like he you don't he, but he knows yes. what he's doing. But he's also yeah. just seems like psychotic. Like dude, dude can I you love trust the him? Scene <laughs> where they're just killing the shit out of Lucy, and then they just sh- shoots directly to him eating the rawest piece of fucking meat you could find. And he's yeah. just dude, like, yeah. right? Yeah. Next the next shot, yeah. Like it doesn't even phase him. He's like, yeah, this is fucking normal. So you know, mm-hmm. he he's just this like grizzled, experienced like person that's just seen some shit, and it's like everything just rolls off his back. And I think it helps out that you know, he he definitely changes the the dynamic of the movie, and it, it like not that it you know it was boring or anything, but it's just like like Nabil said, he was so much into the role and so much into the movie. That like it, it kind of makes you get even more into the movie and be like, "What's Van Helsing gonna do next?" So yep. yeah, true. What well, no, uh, I agree. Yeah, I I know we were kind of anticipating talking about Keanu Reeves as uh, Jonathan and his fucking accent. Nabil, how did you feel about Keanu Reeves as Jonathan? You know, it's not as bad as I remember it watching it on TV. I'll say that much. The accent is terrible. Like, he can't pull an English accent for the life of him, and he tried. But it didn't ruin the film for me. And I thought, but remembering it watching as a kid, I was like, what is he, what is he doing? Is this the guy from like fucking the, the, uh, point break? Bill and Ted? What is he doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, like, seeing him, it was kind of weird. But to be honest, it was more, and I know this, I feel like it's more just a character too, because of all the people that you see in this film, he mm-hmm. is the stiff upper lip kind of, you know, snooty Englishman, you know, that he's, and I think that's part of that role, but he, he just like, especially like when he was in Dracula's castle interacting with the two between him and Gary Oldman, like Gary Oldman dominating the scene. And he, he just kind of was there speaking (laughs) i think i I think him being uncomfortable in the role kind of helped the 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 um the feeling in the room because he's supposed to feel like sort of uncomfortable with dracula around i'm not not 100 defending his you know his crappy acting in, in in the movie but i think it still helped like showcase dracula and how like dominating he was and uh, how like seductive uh, Dracula can be in manipulating you to do like his bidding and shit. So, it, it, which and he was yeah. you know during the, some of the succubus I, scenes he was a bit more uh, yeah. animated, <laughs> rightfully so I guess so based on the situation. And then like him escaping the castle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and him escaping the castle like there was when he there was action yeah. it was he was good there you know I will ask he doesn't talk this, Nabil, this is, God. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. You know, when he doesn't have to actually do the acting part of it, the voices. Like, this guy right. Apparently, he films. was. Like, <laughs> apparently, he he regretted uh, agreeing to do the film too, because uh, not because it was challenging to a point, but he was coming off of like just doing movie after movie after movie. He had done like he was Bill and Ted one. He did Point he Break. He did Bill and Ted. Yeah, he was yeah. super mm-hmm. exhausted. 
Bill and Ted's Bogus yeah, Journey yeah. 2 and like two other movies. And it's like he was just fucking tired of just working like, yeah. back to back to back. But what were you saying, though, Nabil? Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, no, so I was going to ask you guys because I got a little confused at, at this part, which is, you know, typical with me in any film. But he gets he, when he comes back and marries um, Mina, his, he's like, has he aged? Is that what, why is he so gray? And I yeah. don't understand why he it's looks like, just so yeah, much older. It's like um, he, it's taking the life out of him. That's why I like like being there. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. It's just that it's just like someone, you know, like, I mean, just not trying to get like. Like just if you see God, him. supposedly, like your your hair yeah, turns yeah. white, like that happens to Moses too. You know, it's almost like that with him. Okay. Like it's just he was there so long that it was just taxing on him and his health. He's just his hair went gray. Yeah, and I thought since since they were feeding off of him and feeding off of his blood to keep him weak, that took life out of him as well too, and kind of yeah. aged him up. The stress on his body, yeah, and shit. I just so. assume it's just like because yeah, it was a good like place. it was a few months, like six months or something, right before he actually came back. Yeah, he's gone a while. Yeah, Nabil, anything yeah. on any other characters that kind of stood out for you or that uh, you wanted to comment on? I'm going to say, I, so earlier to James's point about uh, Dracula and the whole love story aspect of it and, and him pining for, you know, the person that he lost. I believe that from Dracula's point of view. But when it came to Mina's side, where she was like longing for him, I, I n- n- and nothing to do with the acting or anything. It's really just like, the character, I didn't feel the same kind of like uh it didn't seem as compelling to me that she was also longing for him as much. Like and that could have been maybe because of, you know, the 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 relationship between Oldman and, and Ryder, but I feel that that didn't just sell it to me as much. Like she was wanting to be with him and she needed to be with him. Like I mean, even like with Lucy um <laughs> and having her yearning for him because she was under his spell, I believe that more than what a writer was going uh, Mina was going through and trying to say you know that for some reason I want to be with him and I love him and all this like it didn't feel as I, I don't know organic or something to me I don't know that that side of it I didn't connect with as much as you know I did when I saw when I would see Dracula you know wanting to be with her and I see, thought I, I don't know I, if you guys agree with that or not, but I, I thought that I, was a bit odd for me that makes sense but I, I kind of took that as her being conflicted because at the same time she was still thinking of Jonathan in the back of her head. Cause I mean, they were, I mean, it was yeah. her fiance. They were going to get married. So it, it was the struggle of her realizing that she was falling for Dracula as well. Cause I mean, he's it's young Gary Oldman and his prime and, you know, seductive motherfucker. Luscious hair. Um, Luscious hair. Yeah. <laughs> the hair, but it's, um, and the funky but- glasses. <laughs> yeah, he had the Morpheus glasses, glasses before they were popular, bro. Yeah. Right. But he had been like seducing this whole time. So she was sort of like con- conflicted. And that's kind of how I saw it, where she was just on the fence between these two guys, you know, or the, the man she was, you know, set to marry. And then someone who's awakening yeah. like these lustful feelings in her and and showing her other ways, you know, to love and stuff. You know, and she was technically like a reincarnation of uh, his, right, his right. love, Elizabeth. So, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So it was maybe like, she was probably like getting like these memories of a like past life or something. So, um, so I was able to forgive it for that. Cause I think like the rest of her performance is pretty good. 
Um, yeah, I think I, like everything else was fine. I just I think just more that central plot of the yeah. love story aspect. It seemed to me it felt very one sided. Even like when she wanted to be turned, mm-hmm. I I wasn't fully sold on like her feeling like she was there yet. You know, like he had convinced right. her. Really? Um, and so, and I don't know if there was like maybe there's more scenes that were omitted or or you know maybe she, I just wasn't understanding her her connection in the same way mm-hmm. because of the confliction. But I just it didn't. So she didn't sell it enough for me, I guess. So I, I think it's sense. I think it's with Marco's right though. It's like she's slow. I think she's even like coming under his spell a little bit to a point, like where she can't resist him anymore. But I think there's a lot of inner turmoil that she has, and it it shows yeah. more near the end, I would say. But yeah, it it does seem like it's a pretty quick flip for her. But I think there's a pa- there, there's like a passage of time that we don't realize is going on too. Like it's been mm-hmm. going on for a while. So well, since we're since we're on plot points and uh, the love story. Uh, in addition to that, um, one of the things that I that kind of stood out for me, you know, from the plot was like Van Helsing started just seemed to just kind of show up and sort of like say this is what we got to do, you know, to stop the vampire. But for some reason, like yeah. I remembered Van Helsing, like I seem to remember there was a time where he like would explain to people what a vampire is, but it didn't really seem like he did that. James, did you feel that way? about the plot where he just sort of like mm. just shows up and starts like saying, Hey, we're I mean, he's, this he's weird- narrating the, he's narrating the whole fucking thing too. So yeah, he right. does bring he, up things about the vampires. Like, Oh, the, like, Oh, it, it's not, like, you know, like, and he says, he says something like, Oh, the, it's a common uh, mistake that they can't walk around the light or some shit. They're just weakened yeah. or something like that. And, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that for the p- point of that. I mean, it's fine. Plot wise. I thought it worked everything. I thought it, worked, it was pretty tight tell you the truth everything worked really well so yeah that was the only thing i was kind of like looking at it's like everyone's standing around like to van helsing like w- <laughs> confused like richard e grant carrie all use all their characters are just like okay I like them too, van helsing the showed up he guys? just wants to do yeah. this weird shit yeah yeah did they well, I like just that they roll with it too yeah, yeah. they yeah. were i mean to a point until they see fucking yeah. lucy they're like yeah you know what maybe we will do that yeah, yeah, that's when they, that's when they finally see like, all right, you know what? We're doing whatever this fucking guy says, no matter what. Sees the goddamn things on her, they're like, all right, what do we need to do? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, just something I noticed, but yeah. Aside from that, I think the plot pretty much works. I think the the pacing is pretty well. Thoughts on the cinematography or or the music, Nabil? How did you feel about the way Coppola handled that? I I mean, again, I, to my points earlier, the the shots were very practical. I think it was great that he used his son. I think it was a right, the right decision because it took me a while to get used to it for sure. Because I was like, "What the hell are we doing? This like, why is why are why are these shots set up this way?" But then I started realizing like he's trying to set it into the time period of the film because, as we kind of mentioned in our intro, that he was trying to portray it as as the time that cinema started which is around the time that this film takes place so it was easy to have you adapt or it made sense to adapt some of those tropes early on tropes to it and i like that i like the the you know we talked about the shadow effect the room closing in all these are all camera tricks to the depth i mean the infamous depth perception of the train going by and then there's like a big 20 foot bug that you (laughs) you know just to to kind of show the offset of the i like that scene actually I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about, Bill, and I thought of it the same thing. I was like, it's a nice shot. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of very well and and this kind of goes back to like our history of of watching uh Coppola. When he has a vision, 
surprising enough, he stayed on budget for this film. But when he has a vision, he he can he knows how to execute it. Like he has his frame of reference. He knows what he wants to do, and he has it. And that's what makes him a good director is that he can put that together and really translate that on the screen. And so you know those close up shots that are done so well where you can feel the eeriness i mean like mm-hmm. Mar- uh, marco we're talking about, like the werewolf scene you know like that was scary and you don't really sure. see much yeah. of of the werewolf but when you do it's like petrifying and it's in the close-up view and the music comes on and like you don't know what's going on with Toulouse and like all this stuff yeah. is a lot of quick cut shots and at the same time just enough for you to linger on to feel like you're you know you're in that moment and then you know he's giving you the effect that he wants you to feel so yeah. i mean from yeah. a from a no, cinematic it was great. Yeah. What about you, James? Anything that uh, stood out to you or any thoughts on the cinematography or music? No, I mean, I think we've pretty much nailed it on the head for everything else here right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally I like shots. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I personally like the fact that it was primarily shot on sound stages, like rather than on locations. Yeah. A lot of it, but it doesn't I feel know. that way. Like it just, it, it feels like, the way it was shot was just done so well to kind of mask that. And like, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, fuck man, this was on sound stages. Incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of, like Nabil said, they do use a lot of the, um, kind of the trickery, I guess, of like old cinema, yeah. which is cool. But I, for me personally, I could tell, but it, it's not, it's not super noticeable though. Even like the scene no. where they're in like the snow and they're, that's like a soundstage. So that's yeah. soundstage. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> um, Lastly, the um, the form changes of Dracula, because like I'm, I didn't know that you know he, in the he, in the book he can change like to various forms and shit like that. So it was kind of cool to see that yeah. implemented in this movie and see like him turn into a wolf, turn into like a bunch of rats, you know, and, and really change right. his form and stuff, and 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 made him this like you know horrific being. Then he turns into mist. It's like. Oh shit! I didn't know all these fucking things, and it's kind of cool to see that implemented in the movie. But um, going on that, James, does this did did this feel like a Coppola film to you? Yeah, no, definitely. This is a return to form. I think finally, especially. I mean, I think Godfather Three is a return to form, to tell you the truth. But this was a continuation right. of it, which is nice to see back to back success for him. Because I mean, after this, I don't, I don't know if he actually has any more success after this. <laughs> this might be the last one, Tay I think it's like uh, modest like, success. Uh, I think some modest like one. Yeah, I think, I think there's one. Yeah, there's one. The rain. Yeah, rainmakers in there. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if Jack made any money, but um, <laughs> yeah. So for the most part, I think it's um, it's just one of those movies that uh, I think this is one of his better ones. To tell you the truth, so. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Nabil? Did it feel like a Francis Ford Coppola film to you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I will say. From the films that we've seen so far, the it's <laughs> the last scene, the fighting. As much as I enjoyed what they were doing, like cutting off arms, stabbing in the neck, all the stuff that was happening was really cool. There's a lot of quick shots. It felt very like quick moving over there, and that mm-hmm. I was trying as I was watching the scene because I want I, I played it back a couple times to see if it was just me, but I think I don't think that Coppola has done a lot of like full on action like that and that in that sense from, from many of his other films like they were always like slower paced fights or distant kind of right. shooting or something like that i mean so, like brawls i guess with like yeah like the small brawl and- yeah so i'm I'm watching this and i'm like i don't f- that scene felt a little off that everything just happened so quick for me i think and so yeah that 
part I think was a was a bit put tossed to the side, but but as a film, yeah, this is definitely a solid entry for for Coppola. I think going in knowing that it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie, it, I think that yeah, it, it feels like one. But for the longest time, I didn't know that it was a Francis Ford Coppola movie. So like it, it in a way, yes, it feels like a Coppola movie to me. But also like the disbelief of like man, he did fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Also, kind of in a weird way, it makes it feel like, man, I, I still can't believe it because it's such a good movie. And like Nabil said, it's it, he hasn't done like a full horror thriller movie in like a really long time. So it just sort of feels like it, it's good that he went like a little bit out of his element from, you know, these character driven movies, dramas to do something like this. So um, that being said, I know we talked a lot about this movie, but I feel like it's one of his strongest and one of his best, especially like because it deviates from his, you know, normal storytelling. Let's go into our uh, rating where we rate this movie uh, one out of five stars with five being the best. Uh, We'll start again with our MC, James. Uh, What do you rate this movie out of five stars and uh, would you recommend it? Yeah, no, highly recommend this one. I give this one a four out of five. Right on. What about you, Nabil? I also uh, give it a four out of five. Um, well, slightly higher than you guys. I give this one four and a half stars, and uh, I would hands down recommend it. That is our review of Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do. And guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS. That's T-M-P-A-L-S to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. Thank you, Marco. Let's move on now to our main review of Creed 3. The higher you get, the harder it gets. That's life. This is a war. It's a fight. It's a battle. So, how long have you known each other? We was like brothers. One day you came back. The past came back, too. There may have been a time when Damien had your back. No friends in the industry. That's not what he's doing now. Creed 3. Currently sitting at a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. This is the directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan. Its screenplay was by Keenan Kugler, who also, <laughs> sadly enough, did Space Jam A New Legacy in 2021, uh, as well as Zach Balin, who mouth. did... Yeah. <laughs> Zach Balin, who did King Richard in 2021. The story is also by Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, as well as Ryan Kugler, who's done a number of uh, films that actually uh, Michael B. Jordan's been in as well. Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther, Creed 2, and Wakanda Forever. I think he's actually been in every one of those movies. Every single one of those films, yes. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, This film was released only in theaters um, as of March 3rd. And it stars Michael B. Jordan returning as Adonis Donnie Creed, Tessa Thompson back as Bianca Taylor, Jonathan Majors as Damian Dame Anderson, Wood Harris as Tony Little Duke Evers, Florian Montano as Victor Drago, Felicia Rashad as Mary Ann Creed, and Tony Bellew as pretty Ricky Conlon. So this time we're going to start with you, Marco. Let's get some of your thoughts uh, or initial impressions on this movie. I liked it, man. I thought it was a pretty good continuation of the story. I I liked the direction Michael B. Jordan took this movie. Uh, I liked that it had uh, elements from the past, uh, even Rocky franchise, and the themes that he brought into it. It's it's like almost like a like an inverted rocky one story and i i liked that and um it was you know filmed very well for a first-time director he yeah. uh i think i think he he the pacing was done pretty well on it so yeah man it's an, it's an enjoyable uh at times fun at times dramatic film all right and james what about you what are your initial thoughts on the film uh i liked it too i didn't love it i, I thought it was good uh i think out of the three it's probably the weakest of the creed films but um mm-hmm. i think as a as a movie itself, I it was still enjoyable. I do like that uh, Michael B. Jordan brought a lot of his own kind of personal experiences into this. There's a lot of anime inspired things in here, especially during the fight scenes, which are kind of cool. Yeah, it's it, it's very by the numbers though. It's very predictable. It's one of those movies that you watch that trailer, <laughs> you already know it's going to happen. But I liked it. It was fun. I still had a good time, especially I saw an IMAX. The uh, fight scenes were all shot in IMAX. It looked good. Yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, James' opinion as well. It's it was an enjoyable film. I don't think it was the strongest entry of the three films um, of the Creed trilogy, but it it did have its own re- redeeming elements. Definitely, Michael B. Jordan brought his own style uh, to the film. Uh, uh, he's a big anime fan, and so there's definitely some anime yeah. uh, homages. We'll say <laughs> some of the scenes, but it was fun. I, I like to kind of see that different kind of style. Um, the fighting scenes were were good. I feel like the other films had a uh, stronger. I don't know. There, there was it was a little off for me in some of the fighting scenes. I didn't feel as enthralled, um, except for one scene at the end. But for the most part, it was an enjoyable film. So uh, good boxing film. You can't. It's really hard to mess up a boxing film. I'll say that much. So I think he did good there. Um, but speaking of Michael B. Jordan, uh, James. So what did you think about him being his his first time at, in the director's chair it worked it worked uh, and i think i think like your quote like you can't really mess up a boxing film it is hard to mess up a boxing film right there's like there's yeah. certain there's a certain recipe to it all right you know 
there's some struggle there's some you know there's a montage there's ultimately the fight at the end so uh, it's nothing too, once again not not too complex but i think he did a good job seems like he has an eye for it too i, I don't know if this is something he wants to do more or um i know it's incredibly hard to direct and also be in the movie as the main in character film, yeah. you know not many people do that so um i think he did a really good job i think uh i'm assuming he had a lot of help from ryan coogler like because they're all executive producers too. Yeah, I feel like he must have had some kind of input with it. Because obviously, he also did the that happens uh, the a lot script with, with it too. So. Yeah, well, first time directors. Because I mean, he had In no. Yeah, he had no. He he didn't write this or anything, so it was written by other people, which I think is smart that he didn't try to put on too yes. many hats here. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think it 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 worked that he did this, and I'm assuming they used you know same cinematographer for before, so that's why it looks really good too. Um. But no, I liked it. I think I think he did a really good job. So I, I look forward to uh, if he maybe gets something else other than a sports movie. You know, like I don't know, something dramatic. I, I think he'd probably do pretty well. So mm-hmm. yeah. And do you, do you have some thoughts on that as well, Marco? Um, no, pretty much ag- agree with James. Um, I I think he did you know pretty good. There, you know, he, he can probably work a little bit on on filming some of the action and and making it feel a little bit more impactful and not they weren't lame they weren't bad it just i agree in in some some of the fights um though filmed very well um and this is that i've i've been watching you know some of the rocky movies from start to finish some of the the fights were just missing a little bit of the oomph to it you know like that's yeah you know what i i know what you mean marco i was thinking the same thing i'm like i need a little more yeah, like when, yeah. like when you're getting yeah. hit, like I need to feel it when you're getting hit. Like there are some moments in the previous movies where people are getting hit, and I'm just like, "Holy shit, he's freaking taking!" Especially that. in that first film, I felt like you know, like Ryan Coogler really was able to capture some of the dramatic intensity of the fight. And the there was a little one. bit. Of Didn't he really get knocked well. out in the first movie? Right? Yeah, I think pretty Ricky Conley so. knocked him out. Like, like for real. Mm-hmm. Like they filmed the shot, and he actually got him. He just he just lands out cold too. It's like holy shit. Mm-hmm. So damn. Or even like yeah. in the second one when he's fighting Drago, like it's menacing. You can feel those hits too, man. Like dude hits like his dad. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I I think that's something he can fix and tweak along the way and pick what worked and what didn't work. So that's you know I'm able to forgive it a little bit for being a first first time director. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I feel that. You know, I don't want to spoil it. We'll talk about it more in the spoiler section. But there is a scene at the end where there's a much more there. Donnie and Dame are both fighting each other. And it's a very isolated scene where it's just the two of them in the ring. And the feeling of that fight was really cool. That's where I feel like yes. uh, his style was really kind of came out in that scene. And I enjoyed that segment. I feel like that was as far as compared to the other fighting scenes in this film, like that one was the most unique and brought something different. And that really was a a cool thing to add to the movie. So Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. And maybe if he was given the opportunity or maybe if he felt more comfortable to do more of that, that would be great. But yeah, as far as like the intensity from the other two films prior, like, that it wasn't at the same level. So he was good when he brought his own style, but when he was trying to kind of do something by the books, like the opening fight in the movie that didn't feel the same. So I agree with you guys there. Speaking of the new character um, as well, we have Jonathan majors bringing in uh, the new character, Dame, Damian Anderson, Marco, what do you think about Jonathan major? What do you think about this character? Do you feel like 
it brought something new to this or was it kind of the same old trope with a lot of these other boxing films where you got the uh, underdog coming trying to step up again? How, how did you feel about Dame? Oh, well, I think Jonathan Majors is a scene stealer. I think he's easily the strongest performer of the entire movie. Um, I'm a huge Jonathan Majors fan. Um, so it's obviously my opinion is just a little biased, fair warning, but uh, I felt the character of Dame was a reversed inverted Rocky. He was the underdog. He was the one with no shot. He was old, you know, and he, all he was asking for a shot, but you know, the way he was approaching it was just a little bit, you know, shady because he felt, you know, jaded, you know, due to the past that he shared with, with Donnie and the events that are, that unraveled. And it's it sucks because you're like, man, this guy's being a dick. But at the same time, you kind of like sympathize and and with him because of all the stuff he's been through. And, you know, he's it's in the trailer. He's coming out from prison and he's been in prison for a while. And it's like basically his entire life is, you know, passed him by and shit. So um, it it's I see this movie kind of more like a like a story of of Dame just as much as it is a story of continuation of Donnie's story and I I kind of like that in fact I think at some points the character of Donnie suffers a little bit because they want to give more light to Dame and, and his story but I'm okay with that because then that makes him more of an interesting villain so or an antagonist he's not really a villain he's you know more of like yeah, you don't really is. hate him to an extent but, yeah, so. Pretty fucked well, up shit, right? Well, he, he, does. he does some shady things, yeah. But I mean, he, you don't hate him as a villain. Prison photo that was like, okay, right. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. That, uh, the Mike Tyson was. I mean, sorry, Clever Lang. I mean, uh, Dame is in this movie. Um, no, I agree for the most part with uh, with Marco. Jonathan Majors kills it, man. He's a, he's a really good actor. He he really gets into his roles. Mm-hmm. And um, God, man, these guys are beyond fucking jacked too. By the way, in this movie, yeah. Um, it's funny they they really hold back from showing Dame like without a shirt until his first fight. Like you notice that, just to show nope. you off. Like if you don't want him like because well, like if you spar with that guy, I'd be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's gonna chip on his shoulder. My only issue is I think the plot moves way too fast. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah, like I wanted more of that drama. Like it's like uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler. Is this a spoiler? This is kind of a spoiler. We can we can talk a little bit about it without going into detail. Yeah, without like going into it, like after something happens, Dame like rises in fame, right? And I, I felt like I needed more of that of like his eventual to really like not like him, right? Because like yeah, for the most part, we we get why, but I also feel like we should have focused a little bit more on the past scenes if we're gonna do so much flashback. Agreed. And I wanted yeah, more. I- fighting between Donnie and Dame before the ring, obviously. It seemed like, to all like, escalate very quickly. Yeah. I, I the, think, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, James. It felt like everything was too tight. I, I went, I saw this movie with my brother and we're talking about it, that this movie, because it's like well under two hours. It's like an hour. It's only like an hour and 40. 40 yeah. 40 if one yeah. of the good times you oh could God. use another 20 minutes to a film. Ex- <laughs> you exactly. Know, kind of. And I think that's yeah, like the first director type of fear where he probably didn't want to take on too much for fear of like I don't know probably not handling it too well I'm hoping that he can tweak that later on but yeah I, I agree on that James it felt like yeah. they should have focused a little bit more on that and added more anticipation to it and more yeah like, no and then because like yeah don't get me wrong we get the training montage and then we get like and then it just goes right into the fight I'm like oh shit like, that's it 
Like, I literally yeah. was, like, looking at my watch. It's like, yo, there's only, like, 10 minutes left of this fucking movie. Like, at this point, like, yikes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I thought it moved a little too quick. And and truthfully, I'll talk about the sports section. I think it wraps up a little too quick. Like, I, I wanted a little more out of that last fight. I, I don't. A little bit more. Yeah. I don't like. Okay. Nah, spoilers. I, I'll talk about it when we get spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you guys 100%. That was one of my bigger critiques of the film is that it does a he does a really good job at the beginning with with everybody, even with his with uh Dame's mom like the the tension that they have over the up Donnie's until uh, to Donnie's mom, sorry, yes. Yeah. Um up until they get to having to deal with the event that happens where Donnie and Dame end up you know get building up on their tension, but I feel that from that point on, everything just kind of trickles pretty quickly on, and I've and there you just are not given the benefit of seeing how long of their history has been and what what um, the pain is between them. You know, you kind of it's all kind of an exposition. What why somebody feels the way they feel, and that's fine. But I would have liked to have seen that come up organically, mm-hmm. the build up to the inevitable big finish of the fight. Um, even like there's a scene where there there's um, uh, Donnie's in a, a TV show, or whatever, a, talk, a sports talk show, and they're talk. The one of the the announcer or the the host is saying that Dame's basically been talking a bunch of crap on him, and I would have liked to actually see Same those, here, you know, like, something, you know, like, where he's doing that. Yeah, I agree. I was like, I would have liked to see some of that. This yeah. this is giving me the fucking Thor, uh, uh, <laughs> fucking God and Thunder, where they're like, God he killers. killed those gods. Yeah. yeah, can I can can I see some of those other than the one? Sounds like that would have been yeah, fun. Yeah, oh, okay. like it, like, oh. and not not to comparison, but like Rocky Three, where you see Clever Lang actually talking mess, like on like news channels. Dude, he he and doesn't do anything but talk mess, and then push right. Ricky, of course, as well, and kill him. But I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, he was already having heart problems. Okay, <laughs> my heart's going out, Rocco. <laughs> he fucked on setups. Sorry, get on my way, fool. <laughs> and he just pushes him. There. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> One of my favorite. You don't find a real man. Let's go. Sorry. It's true. It's true, though. I mean, that's we didn't get to see a lot of that. That's some of the fun part of it. We get that 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 party or whatever the fuck that is, the celebration scene, and that's like when he definitely turns, like like he turns Mm -hmm. heel right Mm -hmm. there. Like, and I was like, yeah, that kind of happened out of nowhere. Like, I get it. We're building up to that, but I was like, we could have kind of like, did that have to be the same night? That could have been like a visit the next day kind of thing. Like. I was like, right. that's when Agreed. I was like in the theaters. I was like, this is breathe. moving really fucking fast right now. Like, yeah, damn, they're just like, trying to. Like, the then he figures out he wants to fight him the next day. I'm like, damn, dude, let it breathe. Like, it should have been after more like shit talking or more like showing up or, you know, what I mean, something. I, it was missing, like, like you guys said, another 20 minutes to let like more of the plot breathe would have been probably like, I don't know. Or was it cut down? You think, do you think there was maybe more? I don't know. Maybe, but they, they should have at least showed Dame fight one more other contender, you know, before fighting, you know, Donnie and then continue to talk smack after that fight, you know, yeah. and then calling him out. Yeah, that would have worked, know. too. Or maybe even like a fight before the um, the fight with the main dude, right? Yeah. The Hispanic guy, uh-huh. I his name, sorry. No, like maybe like something before when they were sparring, like already do some fucked up shit and like lead it up to that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I agree, though. Yeah. He's missing something. I, I, and just to kind of talk a little bit too about, I know we touched on the cinematography aspect of it and just yeah. how the scenes were shot, but was there anything that really stood out to to you, uh, Marco, in regards to just 
was there a specific scene that you really felt like spoke to you or was, I know I kind of called out the, them boxing separately, but anything else really pique your interest or stand out? Not, not really a scene, but sort of the story behind Donnie and Dame and their shared brotherhood in their youth. Uh, I think that at least that was explored pretty well, which is why like, kind of like what James is saying, I wish like more of the conflict would have been emphasized in the, in the future. Cause then it would have hit a little I bit agree. harder because he did a good job at showing that these guys were close, that they were brothers, you know, you, you see, you know, Dame give, you know, money to, to Donnie earlier in the movie and stuff and, and take care of him, watch out for him and stuff. And you see their, their camaraderie and the fact that, you know, he, they had each other's backs so that that aspect I felt was handled like really well it because it makes, you know, their it does make their conflict kind of hit you a little bit. But like kind of wish like it would have hit you even a little harder, just kind of like yeah. squeeze you a little bit in the heart and just be like, damn, this is fucking rough. But um, that that's kind of what really stood out. for Yeah, me. just a little more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a uh, a director's cut. In the future, <laughs> hopefully, maybe. Um, so, with with this kind of being new for him to direct, and the film being a cap off, I guess, to a trilogy, kind of. Um, even though there's like nine movies now, did James? Do you feel like this was more of a Creed movie, or did you did you feel like this was even more of a Rocky movie per se? I don't yeah, want to like necessarily yeah, say it's a, a spoiler, but. Yeah, it's, it's no, no. There's no Rocky in here. I mean, he's also yeah. having like a pretty public uh, spat with everybody about the Rocky things. You know, the same producer he's always had a spat with, I guess technically. But yeah, yeah, he's hated that guy for fucking years. I, I, I think Sylvester yeah. Stallone. I mean, side story, like has fully regretted selling the rights to these movies because like, but I mean, he's, he's made listed like as a, a producer on here. He's made a lot of movie. Yeah, yeah, but I think he wanted to go a different direction too, and I think he's he yeah. didn't even. I think he, I don't know. It's weird. Sly, Sly he's a older guy. I get uh, it. I think Just, that's why he's the, almost it, redoing all his other ones. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it started to feel like a Rocky movie during the mon- the training montage because they actually start to play some of the classic music. And that's kind of where yeah, it kinda they do it near the end. But he runs up for me air. personally, it's more of a Creed movie. It's, it's, it's kind of setting its own path, I would say. It doesn't, it's not right. falling too well into like, you know, most of them have some kind of rocky past. I mean, yeah, Drago's son's in it, but Drago's not in it, right? So, um, it's just one of those things. But for the most part, for me, it it felt more like a like its own thing for the most part. So, you get to see. Do like, you feel where like Donnie's come to basically? Do you feel like it could have used Rocky in this film at all, or did it benefit without him? Oh, you know me, shit, yeah, always, man. Rocky's Rocky's <laughs> Rocky, Rocky's the most one of the most legendary screen characters, but. I think it's one of those things. Once again, it's also because he just has this huge fucking spy- dude. God, look it up. Sly Stone has said he's never going to watch this movie too. It's like he's just he has nothing against Michael He'll B. Jordan. Watch the film. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, the the sad part is this this plot would have specifically spoken to Rocky, and he definitely could have given. That's what I was Donnie thinking too. I mean, oh, I, shit, we're I'm not like, spoilers yet. I will. T- I will. I, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tap on that too. For something specifically, yeah. Marco, that I think yeah, we'll, we'll touch better. into it a bit more. But I do agree that I feel like it. 
everybody's just very cool in this movie. Like, and Rocky was always the underdog. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're all like Michael B. Jordan's cool. Tessa Johnson, Thompson's cool. Jonathan Majors, even though he's like the, you know, the guy out of prison, he still looks dope as fuck. Like, we need it. We need somebody to be a little, like, not stupid, humbled. but kind of like, yeah, humbled, I guess. You know, know like, weird Rocky quotes. was always extra good. Dub, you gotta get this yeah. spaghetti, you know what I mean? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tack on that in a bill and spoilers also. I'll tack yeah. on spoilers also. Okay. Well, you know, I think we've we've talked quite a bit about the film. I don't know if there's really much more that we want to talk about that isn't other part of the spoilers. So let's let's start with our review or ratings of the film and then we'll we'll talk into more depth about it. I'll go with you, Marco. How many stars did you give this film? Man, I'm still a sucker for this franchise and it still feels like a part of rocking to me, so I'm I'm going to go four stars on this one. Oh, okay. How about you, James? I give this one a three and a half. I also gave it a three and a half out of five. So, I mean, it's still, I think, worth watching. It's a good entry in the series yeah. as a whole and in yeah, the Creed trilogy. Um, just just not the strongest of them, but not, not a bad film. Um, so we're going to jump into spoilers in just a second. If you haven't seen the film yet and you don't want anything ruined for you, there's not too much that we can ruin, but um, if if you want to go in yeah. free and clear, go ahead and skip it forward a little bit and we'll uh, let you know what we're going to be watching next in our next podcast. Otherwise, stick with us and we'll go into a bit more depth in the spoiler section. Okay, so we're in the spoiler section, and we're going to talk a little bit more. Let's let's touch back onto what we were leaving last about uh, the emptiness of this film without Rocky. I'm going to go to your what you wanted to touch on, James. What what was your thought on adding in I Rocky into thinking, the film? Okay, so we're in spoilers. So Marianne Creed dies, right? They they hint at it really early on with like, oh, you've had strokes, and I, I knew it was going to happen right when that scene. Yeah, happened. of course. A little, Somebody's probably, a little too on the nose, by the way, with that one. I was like, could have tightened that up a little bit. <laughs> That was they, very much they like let's just tell him, not show him, right? Yeah, it, it would. It also would have been great if like they just didn't hint at it, you know. And they just—that's what I mean. I was like, "Yo, like we're smart enough, we can figure this out." Like, oh, she's not doing well. She, you know, like, like we don't have to. Like, yeah. remember the last time? I'm like, oh, cool events that we've never seen again. Okay. <laughs> um. So no, I thought it would have been better if Rocky was in. And he actually just died in this movie, and he was the one that dies. Like Me that too. would have been a more yeah heartfelt. That would have right. probably had me crying. Probably tell you the truth at this point, I don't know. I can't trust myself with the movies anymore. So, um, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I think you know. Don't get me wrong. Very sad with uh, where Marianne Creed dies, and she thinks she's talking to mm-hmm. Apollo, and it's you know, very touching. But it was um that part kind of hurt. It's just one of those things yeah. where. I think Rocky in this one, if he, but then once again, then you just be like, oh, this is just Rocky three all over again, then, right? Like when Mickey dies. Well, I mean, even like at the opening fight, right? It's his last fight. It's his, of uh, before he retires. You would have thought Rocky would have been there for his final fight or something like that. So that could have even been something just to have a little bit of him inside the movie. And then if they moved on because he's retired, you know? Or they could have mentioned him and said, you know, Rocky, you know, Rocky's dealing with some stuff right now. Like, not even a mention of him, you know. But dude, I almost um, thought when um when Dame tells him like, "Oh, you learned some new moves." I literally I turned to Janelle and I was like, "Yeah, fucking Rocky trained him." Yeah, like, say dude, something. Are you yeah. not aware exactly. the most legendary boxer in this universe trained his ass? Like, yeah, dude, he's yep. he's not the same fucking kid from eighteen years ago. Sorry, dude. Like, not yeah. Rocky taught him his shit and his other stuff. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. 
I'm just saying. But, James, bit. going back on what you said on how like it would have been similar to Rocky, like all movies have sort of like mirrored the Rocky movies, and it just would have made sense that you yeah, know, know in Rocky three, Mickey dies in Rock in Creed three, Rocky dies to kind of like mirror those two things. It would have been elevated too, you know. I guess. I mean, I mean, I, I get it, but they got issues that are financial. So I mean, that's why this not. Yeah, <laughs> I think in the trailer he mentions Rocky, but that scene is cut from the movie, by the way. Yeah, that's not in the film at all. Yeah, he has yeah. a press conference where he says, oh, I don't have Rocky this time. And then, like, in the movie, that scene is not in there, by the way. I noticed I was like, that will, they cut mm-hmm. that scene. I know that much. So, Yep. I wish that would have been that's in all. there, but yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, they don't mention him once, I think. No, not at <laughs> all. There was no reference. I thought there was a scene that they almost kind of uh, said something about Rocky, like, especially even the montage scene, you know, he didn't even reference any of his old tricks. He was coming back to form and he was just in a straight up regular gym boxing and, and training up like Rocky. The last film, he was out in the sticks rolling in like these chains in this fucking desert mm-hmm. thing or whatever he was doing. Like, he was doing the Naruto film, tree like, punching just, though, bro. He was doing the tree punching. <laughs> he was doing the tree punching. Yes. I was like, dude, I, at that point, I, like, I once again looked at Joe and I said, Why the fuck is he punching a tree? So, yeah, not where all. he was training. Yeah. I guess in LA. Um, Marco, was there? There were some other things you wanted to add as well in regards to how this film was playing out near near the end. Was uh, anything you wanted to add onto this? Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, not really a spoiler, but still, like I, I mentioned that these movies sort of mirror, you know, the Rocky franchise, and this was Dame was sort of like an amalgam of of quite a few of Rocky's adversaries. He was. You know, an unstoppable force like Drago. He was also like an underdog like Clubber Lang. And he was also kind of like Rocky himself, you know, coming from from nothing and trying to build, you know, something of himself and challenging the heavyweight contender like just like Rocky did. You know, I, I just wish that they would have uh, kind of, you know, shown more of that. James James had mentioned before that it it's everything sort of moves, you know, a little bit too fast. And like we see like the the rise of like Clubber Lang in part three. And I know I keep using him as an example, but it's like it, it's almost kind of similar stories where someone is calling out the champ and, you know, antagonizing him and stuff. And like we, in Rocky three, we, we see yeah. Clubber Lang's career, you know, rise up after he defeats Rocky. And yeah, it would have been. And he fight. He fights a couple more fights, I think. Right. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, Mark, I know you've seen it recently. Doesn't he do a few more and then. Rocky comes back, I think. It's not like the next fucking uh, you, fight, right? You you see just montages of it, which is uh, which, is, which fine. is fine. Like yeah, like yeah. you see him like Shows fighting like these doing dudes. Stuff. It's been a while, right? Exactly. And yes, okay, it would have been like a, a dead copycat or what have you, but it at least we would have seen like you know you know fuck this guy's really challenging you. You know he's essentially gonna come after you and you know challenge your title and tell you your has been also i just wish we would have had yeah. that you know it, it just it just goes boom boom way too fast you know a little bit you know what there's a again scene in the trailer too where where they're like in a prison do you have you guys remember this in the trailer and they're like yeah. these prisoners are looking down at them dude that scene is not in the fucking movie no i don't no. recall that no i, I dude oh, shit, yeah i know what you're talking about and i th- i i you know think like that was kind they're of like, like a big switch or something oh, yeah. yeah what the fuck did he go there like i think it was where he was for 18 years because um, it turns out that he never got pinned again. Donnie didn't. It was only Dame. 
they they, they switched yeah. it in the movie that it was their uh their group home where they were at where they got beat up. But if only they would have shown like some of that too. Like even in the first Creed, yeah. you see his horrible experience in Juvie. You know, at the beginning, yeah, it's only like the first like yeah. five minutes, but at least we see it. Yeah, it's pretty so quick. just thing things like that. Also, the second thing I was gonna say is there's a plot point that is never revisited again, and that's the uh, Donnie's daughter has a fight at the school, and they have uh, an argument uh, about teaching her different ways on how to fight, and it's not always like physical violence. They never go back to that. No. They just teach her how to fight. <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. it, man. She'll figure it out eventually. It's off screen. They'll tell you about it. Yeah. So that, those were really like my only real nitpicks. But I, I think like what what he gets the the dynamic between Dame and 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 Donnie good and again the the sense of brotherhood and loss of brotherhood. I think he got really well. Um, you know, it's it's James mentioned that it's sort of like you know handled pretty quickly at the end. Like boom, okay, we're cool again. Um, I, I wish it just would have left it, you know, slightly more like to the viewer's perspective. Like, are they going to be cool? Yeah. Or are they not going to be cool? You know, yeah, leave it a little, a little bit more open ended. Probably add to that. Yeah. yeah. There, I mean, there was a few things that now that you mention it, Marco, that where there seems to be something that would have been left as a callback, but never happened. They never do anything with it. Like, there's a scene. I want to say it's Dame's first fight against Pretty Ricky, where. He gets his his jaw punched really hard, and he takes off his Dame takes out his uh, mouth guard, and you it's can see like lots of tooth or something. Felix, mm-hmm. by the way, oh, Felix. I'm sorry, by Felix, yeah, and um, and he he basically has his tooth out and and spits it out to the floor. And I was thinking, is that going to be a callback to when he, they they eventually fight? And there's going to be like, oh, here's his weakness, like just like Dame was no. punching after Felix's arm, but there was never any payback for that. There was just a thing that happened and we moved on mm-hmm. from it. Two yeah. things with that. I think that's just showing you that Felix is, he's legit. He's a legit boxer actually. And the way that Dame wins yeah. is because he che- he's basically cheating. He does a lot of shit, splits open his cheek with his elbow. Um, the punches on the arms, I kept thinking they were going to do more with it too. I was like, oh, does that just like make a dead arm or some shit? But they don't really ever address mm-hmm. it. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Doesn't break the arm. And, and, and when he fight, when Dame and Donnie do fight, um, uh, with the exception of things like the first round, there really wasn't any f- dirty fighting either. Whereas, like, and and considering that this is a back to back fight, you know, six months later, whatever it is, between the two fights, you would think that he'd still have that kind of sense of fighting a little dirtier rather than a bit more cleaner. So that does change yeah. a bit too, which I thought that was odd. He calls him out though. There's, doesn't there's he? no veracity like, coming gonna, yeah. from yeah. coming from Dame. Like he seemed like an unstoppable force. And I, I kind of, you know, wanted that a little bit more against against Donnie. Like, ha- have him be a little like challenging at least the first couple rounds, you know, and have him get have like a one up on Donnie a little bit, you know. Especially since Donnie been retired three does. years at this point. No, yeah, I think I, he it, does the first round. Donnie I mean, uh, Dame actually does better, of? and then the second round, Donnie kind of gets back on it, and then we yeah, go into the you know montage single shot montage, thing, whatever they not do. Not really even a montage. It's like a fucking in their head, like oh, and then you know yeah, we see yeah. for the first time in their history of the okay, Rocky Creed stuff of like like imagery with like the the bars and it gets his back. And mm-hmm. for me personally, mm-hmm. I, that's what I had an issue was was that it jumps straight to round twelve after that. I, like, dude, yeah. like, like. Lengthen the fight a little bit more, man. We're here to watch a boxing movie, right? And uh, my favorite part mm-hmm. of all the Rocky Creed movies is the fucking final fights. And this one was just like, it was like 15, 10 minutes, 15 minutes long. It was like super short. I was like, damn, 
You could have yeah. got a little more. Like, dude, when the intro of them walking in is longer than the actual fight, I was like, God damn, really? Like, <laughs> you know, I was just waiting for it. I was like, come on, man. Like, I get it. But I, if they showed a little bit more of the fighting and a little bit more of just like how brutal it is, like you said, Marco, show Dame like, you mm-hmm. know, like like overdoing it over a lot. It didn't seem as wore down for 12 round fight, to be honest. Near the end, it didn't seem really in my 12. I was like, damn, I could really watch them for another 30 minutes. Do this. Tell you the truth. Or like, it would have been great. It would have been great if Donnie had to change like fighting styles, kind of akin to like what Rocky did where like at first he's, they say they're going to, they're going to bulk up Donnie and make him like, you know, this pummeling force. It would have been great if they showed that that wasn't working. And then he beats them by, switching to his dad's form kind of being more dancey dancing around this guy and just landing these jab these quick jabs at him or something you know something to kind of like make dame that much more uh, of like a a force to be reckoned with so i mean you find like a 37 year old man too right yeah (laughs) it's hella funny that like he's he's old i was like dude i don't know if you guys are aware of like the black air force one memes but like Dame is a guy that'd be wearing some black Air Force Ones. You don't fuck with a guy like that. You got, you got nothing to lose. I'd be like, no, we're good here. Take my money, sir. So. Well, so speaking of the, how this film ended and everything, and obviously the it seems like they've uh, burden, freed themselves with the burden of Rocky, I guess. Um, would you guys want to see a Creed 4? Is this something you think is going to actually transition into more Rocky or Creed films, I guess? Or are you fine with ending things here i'll I'll take that to you james um i think they kind of make it a like a send-off at the end but i would say that from the comments from michael b jordan they might be planning more movies from the sound of it which i i don't really know how that would work at this point because they're already making it sound like he just comes back for this fight but then once again it's funny because like when they're like he's so old fighting i was like didn't rocky fight when he was like 67 years old and Rocky Balboa for mm-hmm. an exhibition match. Rocky I'm just Balboa. saying. Yeah. Or are they going to go like Rocky Five with it where he's like running a restaurant or some shit and he's just doing street fights against Tommy the Machine Gun. Underrated. <laughs> Tommy <fight>. Gun. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he's just doing like leg sweeps and shit now. He's like, we want to fight in the streets, we'll find the streets. But um, I don't know how they'd go, but I mean, they got a pretty interesting like crew that's been writing these up. So I don't I, I'd be open to it, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if this was like the, the cap to it all. Very true. So. Well, we live in an era with like 20, 30 comic book movies. I'd be okay if they did another one, man, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, if they find a way to Maybe write another it. another spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with his daughter. I mean, obviously they set it up where his daughter no, starts to learn how to fight. That. Not that. No, that wouldn't be. No. What do you want to push it up to the future 20 years and have her start boxing? There was a rumor that there. There was a rumor Red Word Drago could have a spinoff. The sun. Yeah, really, I could, I could see that. I guess I don't know I mean, if Drago's character is as interesting as Creed, but you know, well, I, mean, I feel like we, we had a lot of that already in the last one too. Yeah, they kind of handled all that in the last film. That's yeah. true. It's kind of cool. By the way, I will yeah. mention it's kind of cool that he showed up to be like, "I'm good to help you now." So yeah, they're friends. I was like, "Your dad killed my dad," but it's cool. You know what else? <laughs> it's cool, man. You guys got murderers in your family, and shit. But it's not a big deal. Rocky yeah. shit on the, the fucking towel, but it's fine. Uh, any other final thoughts for this film, guys? Uh, any, anything else we want to add that we, we just didn't get a chance to mention? Yeah, criticisms aside and nitpicks aside, 
I still enjoyed the movie. I had a great time. Uh, watch it. Definitely watch it with a theater that has like, you know, watch it IMAX or JBX or, um, you know, whatever upgrade your movie theater, you know, may have because it, it, it'll make the fight scenes that much more interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely IMAX because it was shot with an IMAX camera for the fight scene. So if you do do that, it mm-hmm. does change the aspect ratio, which is nice. Look at all the effects of the the gut punch where he heaves over and that's you can see the wind straight from a shot. That's it's straight just, from it. Yeah, I was like, "Here's the shot." So he shot. said he added it in. Shot is it? Oh, where he does the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, Marco. Let them know how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. We are on all of them. Trust us. Uh, for a quick link to all our social visits, check us out at linktree slash moviepalspod. Thank you and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Make sure also to stay tuned for our next episode, number 146, where we'll, we will be reviewing some of the Oscar-nominated films and what the results are for that, as well as our review of Scream 6. Thank you, Nabil. I'm really looking forward to talking that one through. Nabil will not be on the next podcast, though. We will have a Michael Parkham, our practically our fourth yeah, real host here. He will just be filling fourth in Potter. for that, <laughs> that review. And we cannot so, disclose where Nabil's going to be either. Sorry. No. Don't ask us. Just, just yes. don't watch don't. the news this weekend. <laughs> yeah he's taking scream six to a whole new level that's all i'm gonna tell you <laughs> all right it, until next time this is james and marco and nabil have a great one